Before we begin the episode, we want to acknowledge everything going on with the protests and the deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and many more people of color. You come here to listen to us talk about houses and celebrity real estate, but we just want you to know that we have been thinking about the recent events. This podcast is a show that provides entertainment and maybe even a momentary escape from everything going on in the world, but we realize that even being able to take time to escape is a privilege. We recognize the pain that these horrific killings have caused, and we fully support productive change. Welcome to House Party, a podcast where real estate, news, and pop culture collide coming straight to you from the editors of Realtor.com. I'm Natalie Way. I'm Eric Gunther. And I'm Rachel Stoltz. And welcome back to another lively episode of House Party. One of the top real estate stories this week is the appearance of a home in Waco, Texas. Um, On the market. Yeah, on the market. (laughs) Right, the house didn't just appear (laughs) out of nowhere. Um, Phantom houses appearing all over Waco. No, so this home hit the market. Um, and it was actually a home that was featured on the fifth season of Fixer Upper. And if anybody wants to check out this home, the listing is available and the address for the home is 3829 Herwall. That's H-E-R-W-O-L Avenue in Waco, Texas. From time to time, these homes that were previously overhauled by Chip and Joe show up on the market and we love diving into the history. And this house was on season five, episode seven, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. It was it was called the Baker House after the woman who bought the property and then had Chip and Joe do their magic and renovate it. Mm-hmm. She, she bought the place, as you see on, like you said, episode uh, seven of season five. She bought the place for 162000 You know, she said she had about an $88,000 renovation budget. They put mm-hmm. all that work in. They did their, they did their magic. And then shortly, like the episode aired, I think it was around 20, yeah, it was January 2018. And mm-hmm. two, two days after- this was the last season of Fixed Yeah, Robert. exactly. The last season of Fixed Robert. Two days after the episode aired, this house showed up on the market. And what? It, two yeah, days. <laughs> yeah. There is a bit of a backstory and it's not that she was just, you know, I think we've seen in the past with Fixer Upper Homes where the homeowner is looking to, you know, score- big off of Chip and Joanna's work. As we saw in the episode, she is a widow and she moved to Waco to be closer to her sons. And she, I guess sometime, I'm not exactly sure of the exact timing, but sometime after her move to Waco, she reconnected with a man, a gentleman, and then they decided to move somewhere else. So she didn't need this house in Waco that Chip and Joe had just worked on. So she put it on the market in January 2018 for 349.9, basically call it $350,000. It sold. The prices in Texas aren't disclosed when they sell, but mm-hmm. the agent we spoke with down there said, you know, it sold for that price. She said they they got a call. She couldn't keep up with the calls she was getting back in 2018 when this house hit the market, and she just picked up on a couple from California. And this this couple just said, yeah, we want to buy it sight unseen. Wow. And they bought it and they are now selling it. 
and it's on the market again for now it's 359.5 so let's call it 360,000 so mm -hmm. it okay. is it is on the market again it is not owned by the woman that you see in Patty Baker. Patty, Patty Baker. Okay. Yes. So there's nothing nefarious. It wasn't like she hated it or no, was just trying to get no. fame out of the deal. No. It's just that life circumstances. Yeah. It life circ she reconnected with this this dude. It's okay. available. It's available for three hundred and sixty thousand dollars. It's the Baker House. The All Baker right. House. So let's get into the episode. So like we've been doing um, for a couple of the previous episodes, we decided to take a look back to watch season five, episode seven, um, and see how the Baker House renovation went. Throughout the episode, they did. They made so many changes to the house that I found myself questioning why she bought it in the first place. Like it just looked like a completely different home by the time they were done with it and I was like why did you why didn't you just choose something else well I think I think it sounds like location had a lot to do with it like when I remember at the top of the episode Chip and Joe were like you couldn't have picked a better neighborhood so that was you know you can't really sure um change location but yeah I agree like they relocated the kitchen from the dining room they switched those around to make it more open they um, added they took out walls they added walls they uh, yeah, they added closets. Like, I mean, it was just they took out a non-functioning fireplace. It, mm -hmm. it, they changed the facade, the exterior completely. Like, it just was. By the time all was said and done, it was a completely different home than what she bought. She seemed happy with it, and I thought mm -hmm. it looked, for the most part, great. I didn't agree with some of the decisions, but um, right. it also had great bones. I don't know if Eric, you were going to touch on that, but like they couldn't. Chip and Joe couldn't stop commenting on the floors how they were just in perfect condition um there's some architectural touches in the house that just look really beautiful that, that just stick around from the 1950s the case entryways i really liked yeah yes yeah, yeah yeah my thought was and this may be going too far down the rabbit hole of, of tv production but it this episode deviated from the norm in terms of not having her go to three different houses and then pick one she had already yeah. this one just started with this is my house i've bought it Chip and Joe, can you help me? I messaged you guys last night asking, am I like, did they change the format of the show? And is this what they do now? I was really thrown by that. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I could come up with is maybe Patty Baker was a possibly like a family friend or something. It seemed like maybe, maybe they had some sort of like attachment to her. Right. Some sort of prior relationship where she knows somebody on the production staff. Yeah. Th you know, what did you guys think of? the changes that were made. I think my highlights were the, I love what they did with the shingles on the front. Normally I would think that that would kind of. You did. You like that two tone. Yeah. Look? Yeah. Oh, I, I did not like that. That's so funny. I like yeah, that. I'm surprised you liked it. I know it's normally not my style, but something about this house now, it just has a really great curb appeal. Even if you mm -hmm. look at the listing photos today, I think it just has like such a quaint kind of feel. I mean, even though I, agree. I, even though I know the shutters, I mean, not the shutters, the shingles are, you know, they were just tacked on there, you know, a couple of years ago by Chip. But uh, it has kind of that old timey little feel. I don't know. It has a kind of a quaint mm -hmm. feel to it. And then I also loved what Joanna did with the 
you know, they talked a lot about that pony wall, but what mm-hmm. she did with the, the shelving unit kind of thing on top of the pony wall where it was like all different yes. shapes. Yeah, let's talk about the pony wall a little bit. So so I had never heard the term pony wall before. Me Perhaps either. we should do an article I was on thinking it. the exact same thing. Do we have an SEO article? Yeah. What is a pony, what is a pony um, wall? <laughs> even Chip and Joe kind of struggled to define it, and I meant to circle back and actually Google what a pony wall is, but mm-hmm. both both seem to describe it as like back in the old west it would be something you could tie your horse up to mm-hmm. so it's a half wall basically it's a half wall yeah they had a half a wall and then the other half was open shelving of different um proportions and shapes where you could put you know vases and books and other knickknacks pictures and whatnot word art word art We'll get back to that. <laughs> and it was meant to kind of keep this be a divider, like keep the space open, but also divide it from the room behind it, which was her office slash laundry area. So yep. I thought that was a smart way to deal with the space. No, I think I think it came off really well. I mean, the execution, I, I know now in the listing photos, like you say, uh, there is a lot of maybe word art in the, uh, on top of that shelving unit. But uh in the episode itself, she had kind of put different objects in there and it just had a really, I thought it had a really cool feel to it. It almost, you know, it had kind of a, it evoked kind of a mid-century feel to me a little yeah. bit. But the one thing I didn't like and I, I would like to get your take on was the accent wall in the kitchen, the black accent wall. Oh my God, Eric, I was just about to say that I liked that. Okay, I well, liked that, it. That, that, that's what makes the world go round. I mean, I'm glad that, you know, we, we are don't really all... not in agreement on this place at all. <laughs> that's fine. That's great. I actually like really liked it. Yeah, okay. they 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 did a, an accent wall of shiplap and then they painted it black and that kind of um, modernized it, I think. It modernized the dining area that, that it's an open kitchen with a dining area. Um I I liked it. I don't know. I like cuz it it broke up a lot of the wood that mm-hmm. that appears in the house too. Okay. Like the the hardwood floors and the wood shutters and then the wood range hood and yeah. Yeah, okay. I don't particularly care for the, you know, the dining table and chairs they paired it with, which look super farmhouse and country. Um, so, I mean, I I think if it were me, I would put something a little bit more modern. You know what? Okay, so in um, different episodes, they'll show Joe going shopping. She likes to go look for vintage items. And one of the items that she pulled for Patty Baker was this kitchen island. Um, mm. Patty had said that she wanted old world decor old, mm-hmm. old world mm-hmm. feel um, like antique feel uh, in her home and so this table that she pulled was like an old work table it had like a lot of dents it was very worn but it looked like super cool and that's not the island that we're seeing in these listing photos so right. either patty took that with her or she got rid of it it wasn't actually included in the home like i don't right i don't know yeah. what the deal is with that it, it we did mention that in the article that we wrote about the home the, the home doesn't have much of the furniture from the reveal that we saw on the episode but mm. you know the the floor plan the layout everything remains the same there but a lot of the furniture i don't know if patty took it with her or if it yeah the, or the joe cur- took it back with her right, or the current owners aren't selling it who knows but a lot of a lot of the kind of furnishing choices are not exactly what you saw on the show can i qu- quickly talk about the master bedroom of course, the master of suite so they did this wallpaper behind the uh, bed um it's a little too precious for my taste i would do it me too maybe in like a bathroom or in a guest room or something not the I master I, I, I liked it 
but I oh you you oh, did wow. like it for him that's so funny um but it it works here like clearly this is Patty's aesthetic this is what she's she's clearly into this so I I think it looks really nice though um and I love the mirror the mirrored um closet doors I think that love was so it. clever they mm-hmm. they're these French doors for for the closet it's like a double closet door um and they put mirrored glass behind the door so it just opened up the room and made it look bigger I thought that was genius and the door is painted black, so you have that contrast too. Yep. That's what I really loved. Yeah. I think um, what did you guys think of the kitchen? I loved the the backsplash. I love the tile. See, I didn't really. I I thought it was too. I thought the whole thing was a little too country for me. Mm. I, I liked it. I liked the shut the interior shutters on the window. Yeah, the interior shutters are a lot. I I think I. Ultimately, I think I do like the backsplash. However, I would pair it with more modern touches. If it was my kitchen, I would do yes cleaner, Thank modern you. touches as opposed to more rustic. I think that that, because it's like this blue Moroccan tile. And I think that that is a very transitional type of look. Like that can go for a modern kitchen. That can go for more of a, you know, a, a boho kitchen like it can it can work for a lot of different styles it can work for a rustic kitchen clearly with all these with all these touches um, I completely agree I thought the combo I, I it on its own I liked the backsplash but combined with the other aspects of the kitchen I thought it was too yeah and the concrete a, a concrete countertop how do you guys feel I, about a concrete countertop loved it I like a concrete countertop yeah I loved it. Okay. But maybe not in this particular. There's just a lot going on. They have like wood cabinets up top and then they have white cabinets below, concrete countertop, and then this Moroccan slash farmhouse backsplash. It's just, and then the range hood, the wooden range hood. It's just that was, a lot. That, that was the one element I didn't really care for. It's the, the range hood. but um, Right. But ultimately, you know, she was happy. She seemed stunned to me. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm sure it's overwhelming for anybody that goes into one of these houses. I mean, I, you know, that's that's a question I would love to have somebody on the pod that's been through this and tell us what it was like to walk through the house the first time. But right. to be fair, she had already seen all the 3D... Um, renderings? Renderings of what it would look like. And frankly, I mean, to be honest, I thought the 3D renderings looked better than how the house actually turned out. But mm. that's a... It's a whole other conversation. That's a hot, so, that's a, that's but, a, a hot take right there. We you don't agree? No, I know it's just a hot take. It's sizzling. I, I was I <laughs> I kind of thought that as well, actually. Like, I, when she was showing them, I was like, Oh, I, I love this. Oh my gosh. Oh, ooh, ah, ooh, ooh. Yeah. And then when they actually did the reveal of the real house, I was kind of underwhelmed. Okay. Yeah. But Patty Baker had seen it once before and she still was like, oh my God. And I think also just knowing from like walking through where it started to walking through where it ended, I think must have been a stunning experience for her. Stunning. We love the word stunning. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I counted, um, as we mentioned before, there's a lot of word art in this house Um, on the walls, on shelves, da, da, da. And so I counted every piece of word art in these listing photos. How many pieces of word art do you guys think are featured in the listing photos in this house? Prices right rules. Prices right rules. Just for clarification. Every clarific- piece that I could see, I studied these photos. 
just for clarification, um, there's 37 mm-hmm. listing photos, probably, I'm guessing, 27 of which are probably interior. So yes. say, yeah, okay. I will say there are currently 42 pieces of word art. Okay. Rachel, what do you think? Oh, wow. Okay. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with a straight 50. Well, you're both over. Whoa. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> oh, we both. There's not. Bum, 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 bum. I mean, <laughs> you can fit a lot of word art in a house, but <laughs> not not that much word I snorted. <laughs> okay. There's, I counted 23 pieces of word art in this that's house. That's, that's a lot. Damn. Yeah. We d- we're double. I mean, um, it, is a, it is a small home. It's, only, it's a two bedroom, 1400 square foot home. So 23 pieces of word art is still pretty impressive. Right. Yeah, I guess yeah. I should have taken more consideration with my answer. <laughs> 50 would be egregious. That would be like popping out at you from every single corner. I mean, um, <laughs> hi, hello, welcome. Yeah. Kitchen. <laughs> Kitchen. Laundry. Life doesn't have to be perfect to be wonderful. Amazing Grace, how sweet this Yeah, these are all, I mean, you can see it on the walls, on the open shelves, in the, the living area. It's, you know, it's it's a look. It's a look. Our, it's a, it's a, look. a look. Yeah, but if you wanted to buy this place and renovate it with your own word art or get rid of the word art entirely, it's available for $360,000. Yes, get on it. Okay, let's move right along to a house that taught us a thing or two about ghosts. Can I yes. say that? Haunted hauntedness? Or, yeah, you know, paranormal. Yeah, paranormal stuff. I know we talk, you know, we just we just published the episode on a ghost town. We've talked about haunted houses in the past. Um, And something that I learned this week is that you actually have to disclose that your house is haunted if you've ever gone public with it. And going public has it's it's a relatively loose definition, but it just means if you've talked on the record maybe to a publication um you know if, if it's kind of, facebook if, if you, right instagrams social media if it's kind of known that your house is haunted it has to be disclosed when you're selling it and that's all because of this house yep it all ties back to this house in nyack new york right along the hudson river it is at one lavetta l-a-v-e-t-a place in nyack and it's on the market for 1.9 million dollars and it's notable for a number of reasons but the primary one is that this home was at the center of a ruling in 1991 that's known as the ghostbusters ruling this is a case that's still taught in law classes today it's still taught in like contract law real estate law what what had happened was three decades ago this woman was selling the home and this gentleman was trying to buy it she though had in the 70s and 80s as she owned the home had you know talked to readers digest talked to uh, you know local publications and said my home is haunted there's ghosts there's all sorts of things but she didn't explain that at the time this gentleman was going to buy the house the case wound up he said you know i'm pulling my deposit blah 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 she sued you know the whole thing legal blah 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 it went all the way to the state supreme court they said if you're home if you've disclosed to other outlets that your home is haunted you must disclose that to your buyer so that was the ruling and yeah and so the legal it is. precedent yeah that exists um, today is that 
across the nation or mm-hmm. in most states? No, it's across. It, it's cited all over the country. Wow. Yeah. So that's I love. It's called the Ghostbusters rule. That's right. Like, and that's the, great. so the, by the New York Supreme Court, this house has been ruled legally haunted. So funny. So this house was built in 1890. Um, It's an old house, a Victorian. It's five beds, four and a half baths, 4,600 square feet. It's on a nice, sizable, almost half an acre of land. Um, It has a water view. view Gorgeous, gorgeous water views of the Hudson. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's one of the selling points of this place. Yeah, you're right above the river. You are, you know, looking down and the agent that we spoke with on this house, she's been the listing agent for the past three sales of this home. And she okay. said, you know, the, the water views and the the light that's cast off the water into this home is amazing. It's, it's, it's just without magical. Peril. Yeah, exactly. I'm reading in your article that you did on this, that she did sell the house in 1991 to yep. filmmaker Adam Brooks, mm-hmm. who's known for writing and acting in the movie French Kiss. Correct. As well as writing, directing, and acting in Definitely Maybe. Uh-huh. Mm. hmm And then he sold it to singer-songwriter Ingrid Michaelson. Yes. I'm, I'm looking at the listing photos. Photo 31, there's um, foam on the walls to cushion the sound, and it looks like a little makeshift recording studio. So, right. Yeah. She said yeah. that th- this home is, you know, it, it's appealing to creative types and artists. And now she, and then she sold it to the current owner, who is Natalie. Do you want to explain? Modest Yahoo. Uh, he is a rapper. I had no idea because I was a big Modest Yahoo fan in high school. Um and so I, I had no idea that he lived a mere 20 minutes up the road from me. Yeah. Yeah. But despite all these changing hands of owners, nobody ever said that they experienced anything. No. So no. to your point earlier, this woman in the 70s and 80s was just full of hooey. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, a good ghost story gets gets clicks and even it would even though before this was uh, before the web, before clickbait, you know, people love a good ghost story. Um this yeah, one just, but she didn't realize it would come back to bite her in the at butt. the time with having the offer pulled. Yep. For not disclosing. Exactly. Yeah. That's very interesting. So yeah. the moral of the story is if you go around telling your friends on <laughs> Facebook or Twitter or TikTok that your place is haunted, you better be ready to disclose that in the contract when you are selling. selling your home. Exactly. Yeah. Buyer could easily just back right out. And you're you're lost. Lost forever. <laughs> <laughs> like a ghost. So we've run into quite a few houses where, you know, we've talked about what they look like from the street versus what they look like once you're inside. We did one two or three weeks ago where you guys spoke with the owners of an S&M house, you know, where the house from the street just looks like a nondescript house in the basement was a sex dungeon this place is a mansion it's in potomac and in maryland and it's on the market for 4.5 million it looks like a mansion just a brick mansion huge brick mansion seven bedroom twelve thousand square feet big 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 what captivated people on social media was the basement of this home this is a legit small town with like cobblestone streets little storefronts marquees yeah antique cars it reminds me of Vegas. Yeah, if you could come up with a comparison. I you said the Paris Hotel. 
Yeah, I would say the Paris Hotel in Vegas. Even like Dis, I know it's not enclosed, but like Disneyland, like walking down Main Street, USA, it's kind yep. of that like old old timey storefront feel. Yep, that same sort of vibe. The address on this place is 11610 Highland Farm Road in Potomac, if you want to look at these pictures yourself. But yeah, the, the guy wanted to create, his name is Tom Blair. He wanted to create a space for his kids to hang out and have a good time. There's some old cars down there, too. There's yeah. an old, like, oh, God, I'm not a car person. No, know. me neither am I. Is this an MG, maybe? This this this. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, Cor- I or a, ja- a Jaguar. That's a Jaguar. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a Jaguar. But yeah, his, he stores his antique car collection down there as well. Yeah. What uh, are his teenage kids supposed to do down there? What well, are they? Gonna, yeah. Well, they now they are grown, and that is part of the reason why they're selling this home. This place is amazing, but can I? Can we talk about how the ceiling is unfinished? Like yeah, everything <laughs> is pristine and perfect. It right. looks like it came straight out of a time capsule, and then like the ceiling is just. I think I saw a few a few people on Twitter pointing that exact same thing out. Yeah, there is kind of a, it's kind of a weird open yeah ceiling. <laughs> I, I don't like put something up there and paint some fake clouds or whatnot. Right. But right. whatever, I digress. It's still really cool. This underground town was certainly lighting up social media. Rachel, you said that your friends were like talking about it independent of you sending them any sort of listing yeah. photos so absolutely <laughs> yeah the, the, i think the, they were talking wh- about buying it but i don't think that we can afford it yeah one of the one of the first people to tweet it out i think he had something like i want to say forty thousand retweets on his tweet or something i something insane in terms of forty four thousand retweets and three hundred fifty thousand likes yeah okay i mean on twitter there's not a lot of context it's just like holy moly what are these photos look at these photos but they don't know the story. It's just like they, we can speculate all day long, but we yeah. want to get the answers. So that's why we're here to bring yes. you the full backstory. Yes. <laughs> that's why you tune in. Yes. I'm reading I'm reading the Twitter comments right now. What are people saying? <laughs> God, I love... You're going to have to bleep me. God, I love how much effort is put into everything. And then the ceiling is just like, fuck you. This is the basement. Pipes. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. What in the Jordan Peele cinematic universe? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, this I mean, there is a creep there's a creepo factor to this. Like if you were down there by yourself, I don't know if I'd want to be down there by myself. Really? Okay. I mean, I- <laughs> somebody zoomed in on the marquee. This is double feature Mary Poppins, The Exorcist. And they wrote, I'm guessing this is a joke, but I don't think it lands the way they want it to. Like if this was built for children, children can't see The Exorcist. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody wrote, make it stop. Oh, man. All right. Well, good find, Eric. Good find. Excellent find. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate your support. Let's talk about some celebrity real estate. It's now time for winners and losers. This is our segment at the end of the episode, and we're going to discuss one real estate winner who's a celebrity and one real estate loser. Let's start with our loser. The loser is, I can't believe I'm saying this, Sylvester Stallone. Why can't you believe it? Because he's Rocky. Right. Yes. he's. I don't know. He's successful in the movie biz. This house that he sold in La Quinta, though, uh, he did have to take a loss on it. He bought a house in the Madison Club in La Quinta, which is, you know, the 
kind of the ritzy, posh golf club area, country club, where, you know, the Kardashians have bought. Uh, it was rumored that Kim mm. and Kanye were looking in that area, Kylie Jenner. Uh, so Stallone had bought a house there in 2010 for $4.5 million. He put it back on the market a couple of weeks ago, maybe 10 days ago, uh, for 3.35. So he had already listed it for less than he paid for it. Now mm-hmm. it's just sold for 3.1 million. So as of know. as of June yeah. 4th. So yeah. very recently. Yeah, he just sold so it. I mean, took 10 days to sell, but he sold for less than he listed and right. definitely less than he paid for. Right. Correct? So minor victory in that yes, it sold quickly, but big loss in that it sold for way less than what he paid for it. Yeah. Just to go back for a second. So this home has been on the market twice before in the past several years. So it first went on the market 2010? It it looks like December 29th, 2009. So Okay. Then he put it on the market in 2014. Didn't didn't have anybody bite. Then again in 2016. And now again in 2020. Sold in 10 days. Interesting. Yeah, I mean Listen, it's that it's a, that price drop. It's a long journey for for this home. Yep. Yeah, but no, that is an important thing to note that it was he tried to sell it in fourteen and then again in sixteen. The point is he had to drop the price significantly. Finally, someone bit, um, and it was way below what he bought it for. So for that, Sylvester Stallone is our loser of the week. Um, let's move on to our winner. Our winner is actress Stockard Channing. Yes, also the star of an iconic movie in the 70s, like Rocky. Uh, Stockard Channing was in Greece. She, yeah, she was Rizzo in Greece. So Stockard Channing bought this house in LA for $870,000 a couple of decades ago. It's now back on the market for $2.5 million. It is kind of hidden at the end of a cul-de-sac and kind of like behind some landscaping it's very hard to reach but then once you get there it's like you're walking into a kind of like a little bit of a wonderland uh, in a sense a it's bungalow a, three, a bungalow yeah it's like hidden behind all the stuff and uh it's you know it's very private it's three bedrooms it's not you know it's modest it's 2100 2200 square feet and it is on the market for 2.5 million as i said and it is uh what the agent described as a magical setting Mm-hmm. It's a classic Laurel Canyon, like very, it has rustic touches. It has these great vaulted ceilings. It just, it feels like it's, it's not fancy. It's not, you know, ostentatious. It's very chill and a, a, just a very cool historic Los Angeles home. Yeah. And she's already got an offer on it. It's contingent. Boom. I knew it. There we go. Yeah. I, I, I kind of had a feeling that this would, yeah, I mean, we, we just wrote about that this week and I had a feeling it was going to be snapped up in no time. And I'm glad you yeah. said that because, uh, yeah, it, it's not a surprise to me. And it was, it's an, it's a combination of it's priced well for 2.5. Um, it's a unique property. Like it's, it's a good location. Very obvious that this one was going to go soon. Go, go yeah. quickly. Yeah, sure. and I, I love the pool. I love the pool area, the backyard. I love the greenery. Yep. Palm tree, like small palm trees. There's vines growing over the, the backyard, the trellis in the backyard, or the, the overhang in the backyard. Like it's, yeah. 
I would be very happy in this house, I think. <laughs> I would as well. For sure. I really hope, I mean, do you think that there's any possibility that someone would buy this house and just level it? Like, Oof, would that happen? Could it, it be some it, developer? I, in Southern California, yeah, you never know. I mean, yes, I know. It, it's always a possibility because this house was built in 1956 and mm-hmm. even, even by your standards, that's old. I mean... <laughs> I mean, 2019 <laughs> is old. We, maybe we need to put this joke to bed. I don't know. <laughs> nah. No. Nah. No. Um, okay. But yeah, no, this was built in 1956. So, it, you know, yes, that possibility always exists in Southern California yeah. when anything is over, say, 20, 30, 40 years old, uh, that some developer would buy it and then knock it down, unless it is historically protected. I know. It's got it's such it, character, though. Yeah, and it's right in the heart of Laurel Canyon. It's just, it would just be a shame to see this place demolished in, in place of some spec home that they yep. can, honestly, they could probably sell for a pretty penny because of the location. Right. But um, yeah, I really hope that the person who bought this just holds on to it and maintains the beauty of it. That's it for House Party. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you would like to check out any of the stories that we talked about today, you can go to realtor.com slash news. You can also go to Google, type in realtor.com and the topic and the story should show up. If you like what you heard today, if you could do us a solid, scroll down, give us a five-star rating and write a review. It helps people find us. It shows your support for the show. And we appreciate that so much. If you have a burning question or want to give us some feedback via email, send us an email at podcast, singular, at realtor.com. Podcast at realtor.com. Yes. And then we'd love to hear from you on social media. You can follow us on Facebook or Twitter. We're at House Party Pod on both. Uh, Join us there. Join the conversation. Let us know what you think. All right. That is it. Thank you so much. And we will catch you next week. Be safe. Bye. Bye. Adios. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.